Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. The goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't even have a goal. He's framed the top 90. It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain. Ooh, six, six long weeks in the first episode of this season slash year where we can come in smiling, excited, hyped up. Man, oh man, what a time to be alive. Don't call it a turnaround. Don't call it a comeback, but holy snap, son. We figured out a lot here when we didn't have one certain player on the field. I didn't even know what to do. Like coming into this, I was already prepped for another loss. I'm not gonna lie. I had a an outline prepped for another gloom and doom and and tears and sadness. But uh yeah, we got that win. It was uh it was kind of shocking, but uh as you kind of alluded to and we'll talk about here soon, uh certain somebody wasn't out there and all of a sudden we're doing good things. So all I don't know. Sudden, all of a sudden what were our score predictions? I wanna say I was two one. What were you? Do you remember? I think I actually took a draw. I want to say I was 2-2. Yeah. Okay, not a 3-0 so, massacre. <laughs> no, so actually I have been one goal off either way of the past three games, so I'm that's just going to keep this ball rolling. Hey, hey, that's good. That's good. That's good. I hope we can just keep this momentum uh, rolling. The reason we're in such high spirits is because, uh, hey, if you don't follow, this is your first time listening to the Inter Miami podcast. Welcome aboard. If you don't know what Inter Miami is, well, hey, I mean, you know, Good for you to just jump in a random podcast, but we got our first win of the season. Finally, after six weeks uh, against, against the team that beat us 5-0 last time they came down here and played. We were able to get a little bit of revenge there. Also beat them 1-0 at the end of the season that they won the Supporter Shield uh, in, which was last season. But to be fair, to be fair... To be fair, they, you know, they've been struggling this season. This is so, the revolution are just the epitome of the MLS. Um, just like we've seen, you know, happen in like, you know, Toronto, like making it to the final, then just being irrelevant for the past three years. Like anything can happen. This league is so unstable that just one player, you know, whoever your, your centerpiece is, if you lose him or a, a key you know, like winger or striker, like everything can literally change. And and the revs are definitely struggling, but hey, we will take it. It was a glorious day. It was a historical day and also a beautiful sunny day because my nose is peeling and my forehead. But good thing I have a fiance. She is nice lotion I can put on there. 
is that kind of tying back into our beauty tips about how we look so good from last episode? Cause I'm not quite sure where to go with that. I mean, I mean, I, 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 Chloe is a saint if she's helping you out with that right now. Not going to lie. I mean, I, 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 I know lotion's good for you, but I, I'm a guy and we don't really use lotion unless like we have to, I mean, I'm not here to judge I mean, anyone that maybe loves lotion. Like do you do you, but for, for me, I only use it in times of need. And, uh, I don't know. I was in such a good mood. I, I wasn't even like aware. I came home. She's like, holy shit. Your nose is so red. I mean, was the case of like, you put the lotion on the skin. Cause you're done. Like you, you do what you're told now. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, well, she was, it doesn't look too bad from here though. Well, yeah. But I mean like, you know, this is, you know, hmm. put lotion on it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you need to wear sunscreen. I'm like, babe, why not? I don't want my face to be all greasy while I'm out in the sun, like with the boys, like sweating, like it's, I don't know, whatever, whatever. But you know, to each their own, to each their own, but hell of a game. Anyway, let's, uh, we're getting a lot of ourselves. Welcome everyone to the Near Miami podcast. I am Jay Kington joined by Mr. Than Harrington. How are you doing? How is it going? It's going well. Like, like we already covered, man, a win's a win. That's the best I think I've had. Yeah, it's the best I've felt in a footballing weekend. United continues to nosedive off a cliff, losing to relegation-bound Everton. And uh, I had already set myself up for disappointment. Lucy took both kids out knowing I was going to be pissed off. Most likely she came back. I was jumping through the roof. She was kind of confused because she's so used to the sulking and the and the brooding around the house on a Saturday or a Sunday. So, yeah, I'm in good spirits for once. For the for the first time, listeners usually I've ranted and raved and screamed already in the podcast. So you're getting a different side of me. It's like I'm turning over a new leaf. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'll tell you what. I was so excited Saturday night. I was like, hell, maybe we will record Sunday or Monday. I don't know. But then, you know, life happens and we've decided to record. I should have just pushed you to record yesterday because I'll tell you what, about about uh, about 5.30, I should sit on that couch. <laughs> just sinking in my couch, arms crossed, just pouting. Chloe's like, what's wrong? Like, you, you don't understand me. You want to get it. You're, you're not a Chelsea fan. Um, yeah, a little, a little sad. A little sad due to, uh, due to the, the hell of a... I don't know. I mean, not historical, but one for the books for sure of uh, this Champions League uh, game between Chelsea and Real Madrid. But, uh, you know, that only lasts a, a couple hours. Starting to feel just all around happy again because Inter Miami wins. And, uh, you know, as we discussed, I think before the show, like this is literally, yeah, I know not many people are Chelsea fans out there, but this is literally why this is the best sport in the whole world because the range of emotions you can experience in a game is the full spectrum. I mean, you can literally hit every single emotion. I thought I was going to have heart palpitations. I was uncomfortable at, at all times during this game, excited, is ecstatic, believing, sad, destroyed, I mean, all types of things. And that's just why they call it. This is the beautiful game, man. This really is. And, um, you know, I was just in there and I was like, you're experiencing all these emotions and the fact that you get to even like experience this is just, it's special because, you know, a lot of life can get monotonous and whatever, but this kind of keeps you alive. Just like, just like enter. And uh, we're looking to build off a a serious, serious um, win that we had here, which was, I think a, uh, massive situation for the team. I cannot state it enough. Um, you know, it wasn't like a, a must win game per se because we're still so early in the season, but for team morale 
to try and turn this thing around, to try and um, stop the bleeding that is happening in the stands of Drive Pink. This club has to get results, and they finally did. And I mean, it, uh, you know, I'm gonna be honest, man. It, it, you know, that stadium was was fairly empty. Um, I don't know what the north stand was looking like because I was in it, so like, I can't really see what the whole thing looks like. You know, I saw like some some pictures, but the west stand was 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 pretty shallow. The east stand nowhere near full capacity, and then the south stands were. Uh, few and far between but the the but. north stand from what i saw when they panned out it was definitely to the point where i was like oh this isn't good and that's when i had a uh, nuka like hey what's it looking like in the rest of the stadium that's when he sent me <laughs> yeah. that video but um the north stand you know shout out as we always do to la familia they were always there all the supporters groups you guys were banging away you were making your presence heard but you know the entire stadium was hurting across the board yeah, I mean, but, you know, here, here's the thing about it is, like, I, I understand people not wanting to go to the games. I, I, I truly do. But for the, the diehards that, you know, know exactly where we stand and the, the issues we're facing that continue to go, um, it, it was certainly a, a very rewarding uh, afternoon uh, for all of us. Capped off by Chris Allen, uh, for some reason, trusted me to pop a smoke grenade so that that was a a, a nice little uh wrap to the game you know after the final uh whistle had blown but all in all i mean hell of a match and and we really got to build on this we have a tough opponent next same kind of same situation the revs find themselves in a, a, a pretty good team that is struggling to start the season i guess i guess the, the like the good news is like we're we're a bad team that has struggled in the beginning but like it feels like we're starting to finally, you know, it's starting to click for us. And it's just a little refreshing to see some of like the perennial greats also struggle. Like it's not just inner Miami. And we're struggling because we know what those reasons are. We've discussed them. We've beat that dead horse. But to see other established teams struggle, it's like, you know, hey, still very early in the season. And, and we have a lot of games to play and, and a lot could happen. If we win the next three games, boom, we're like we're in the playoffs and we're probably in the top, what, five teams or something like that of our conference. So a lot going on here. Yeah, I mean, and not to backtrack too far into this episode, but it's like you said, this is what makes the game so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, the range of emotions, like just like you said, watching Madrid and Chelsea to just being a normal supporter and watching the table and looking to see who's struggling, who's not, who's who's rising up and who's falling. Who can you take advantage of to get a win on, on, on any other year where you wouldn't be able to? It's it's what makes this. Uh, you know, it's not like, let me, let me put it this way. It's not like college football where, you know, you're always going to get uh, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the yeah. uh, up recently, the Clemsons, where you always are going to see them at the end. You don't know what you're going to get until you get to the the final seedings for the playoffs. And even then it's a coin flip. Um, so to your point, uh, you, you have to imagine Seattle is going to rebound. You have to imagine New, New England's going to rebound. It's, you just got to grab those points while they're available. And that's, that's going to be key for this team to turn around. You really do. A lot of this, um, a lot of this is just capitalizing on, on the moments that present themselves to you. And we were thankfully allowed to, to capitalize on this. And this was a, a hell of a game. Uh, a lot of excitement, um, you know, went from, you know, standard inner Miami style. We'll get into the goals here, but you know, just a quick recap, you know, we go down fairly early, 
Uh, and, you know, everyone has that feeling like, oh, shit, here we go again. Like it's the same old inner Miami. Then you, 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 then you, you, you draw it up, right? You bring it level. And then it was like a five-minute span. And then you get the second one. You're on top. Then you're, oh, man, like, this is it. We're turning around. This is going to be it finally. Like, holy crap. And then they equalize. And then you're not as down as you were on that first goal because, you know, at the end of the day, the draw is better than than the loss, right, points-wise and, and overall morale-wise. And then, you know, you come – very late in the game and win it and then you're you're just through the roof it, it really is just just all all over the place um you know you mentioned kind of like you know stock rising up or whatever and i guess before we get into the game recap here the most glaring um news of the day and i honestly i didn't realize it because we were at the stadium we were you know i make my rounds I, I try and stop by the supporters groups uh Stopped by the the Green Lot Gang uh, to meet up with someone who reached out to us on, on Instagram. And, yeah, I mean, like, dude, like, reach out. We'll, we'll come say what's up. We're, we're all about the community. We're all about, you know, being there and, and hanging out with everybody. And uh, they were right by the, uh, like, the training facility, right? So uh, before the news broke on Twitter, Mike Longland mentioned, he's like, yeah, like, I, we just saw him. Like, he came out. He was in, Gonzalo Iguain was in slides, like, not even dressed to play in the game. So, you know, he, he looks like he's not going to be starting the first half. And I was like, well, you know, makes sense. Maybe it's just going to, you know, come into halftime and, you know, change clothes and come play in the second half. But no, it shortly broke after that, that uh, he was not going to play in, in the game at all. And that uh, Campana was going to get the start. And the reason was, they said, was that it was uh, an injury, like a, a slight knee injury. And, um, you know, further analysis after the game was that I guess it was something you could typically play through, but that they decided to to sit him out here. And this is a something that I think a lot of fans have been asking for, right? They have not been happy with the results from Iguain, so they've been asking for him to be benched and to give Campana a, a, a start up top as the true center forward, right? Not two up tops or even Robbie Robinson as our center forward. And so this was the first time we were about to see what this team would look like without Gonzalo Iguain, at least this season, right? Because when we played the Rev last time, we'll mention this again, but we also didn't have Gonzalo Iguain. This was at the very end of the season. We won one to zero. They won the supporter shield. They broke the record for most points in a season. It's, it's kind of crazy notions, but this was the first time we're about to see this team with not only without Gonzalo, but without any DPs. And that, I think, to most people would be very concerning because we only have one DP right now, and it's Gonzalo. And without him, I mean, we're also under sanctions. <laughs> we also had to give up Lewis Morgan. So we've kind of thrown this team to, to hold together for a couple of years. But the results were there. And, um, you know, all in all, like, what are your thoughts here? Like, is are we just, are we moving on from, from Gonzalo? Is this it? When I saw the news break, I said, good. Like, I was I was ecstatic to a point because we've, even on, even on the podcast, we've been saying, hey, it's time. Let's start thinking about moving away. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to mentor. He doesn't seem to care. Uh, 
I want to see this team unshackled. I want to see this team do what it can do. I mean, in the Discord, we've been clamoring for the three quickest players up top just to not have to worry about Gonzalo being the anchor to their attack and leaving wide open spaces when they move up the field. So I'm, I think it's time. I think that Phil made the right call to do this because honestly, you want to do it against a team like the Revs who are down right now, rather than trying to do it against uh, a Philadelphia union who seem to be flying at the current moment. So yep. it, it definitely made sense to do it now. And obviously it paid dividends for him. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Philadelphia union too. Like what was that? 20, 2020 season that they won the supporter shield and they had a rough, rough start to a, Till last year as well. So, you know, anything can happen without stepping on our toes too much because we are going to get to kind of all these talking points, but there's so much to go off of here. There really is so much. Let's run through, uh, you know, the, the, these game recaps. Um, so I'll start off with the the New England goal, the, the first one, then we'll, we'll go in chronological order. You can handle the, the Inter-Miami goals, but the game started off, uh, you know, pretty competitive at first. Um, you know, I, I mentioned it like you know earlier in the episode, but uh, you know we 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 unfortunately end up giving a goal up fairly early and kind of deflated, but we were able to rebound. But you know, didn't really did not take long in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Renix was able to uh, put on a, a goal in the the eleventh minute, and I mean it was it was honestly like can't really say anything bad about the revs here is a really solid possession and, and a really solid buildup. Uh, they had a quick layoff to Jones who, you know, spun Robbie around and broke towards the wing. He then, you know, sent, uh, sent a cross in that Rennick was able to, to beat low, like really just like body to body edge out low, get a toe to it and, and put it past, uh, Marsman. This was, um, I found it slightly annoying because in that first 10 minutes, I thought we were pretty disciplined defensively. And during most of New England's possessions, we had all 10 of our outfielders, right? So all 11 players were, uh, you know, in in front of the ball. So, you know, we had a a pretty compressed defense, but we did not get a lot of pressure and they were able to move it. Quick one, two, got him out to the wing, crossed it in. And, uh, you know, they put it home. And, you know, in that moment, it was kind of like, a, ah, well, you know, it's going to be one of these games, but whatever, we'll, we'll be out here and have fun. But it really did not take long uh, for everything to, to turn around into a much more uh, jovial afternoon, I'll say. Absolutely. And, you know, the keys, keywords to our recap here is going to be combination play. And we will start off with the first goal. The combination play was on the right wing. Lasseter used his speed to absolutely cook the left back for the Revs. He ran uh, to the touchline, crossed it in, and found Leonardo, who would net home his first goal of the game. Uh, Beautiful header. Uh, I was kind of surprised how open he was to be honest uh what, what was your take in the stance how did it look from uh the sport group section i mean it looked about as as good of a of a header as he could put on it i mean like we saw that ball go in the air and then everyone knows where that ball should go and he put it right there he, he headed down low uh i mean excellent excellent placement and he's you know a fairly big dude uh all things considered with the the average height of uh, the quote-unquote uh, football player, or football player, rather. But really, really uh, impressive. And, you know, it, it was a, a difference of six minutes. Renick scored in the 11th minute, and Campana scored in the 17th minute. So, 
again, going back to like that roller coaster of emotion, you know, it was, it was down. Well, here we are again, then up. Oh, no. All right. We're, we're back in this thing. And it was, it was a overall man, like a good, good wave to ride. Absolutely. We'll talk about the wave. We'll keep the good times coming here. The second goal, again, this is going to be my goal of the week, I believe, uh, you know, not just because it's a finish, but because of the buildup that it involved. Uh, I started off with a beautiful counterattack from a rev set piece. Uh, Marsman parry the ball, which actually ended up getting up to Mota at the top of the box. Uh, Mota ran uh, and got ran up the field, pushed forwards up, uh, pushed the ball to Robbie, who then made a move to beat two defenders, which got to be honest from the short uh, camera angle they had on him. That was on TV there. He uh, kind of fumbled and stumbled his way through. Yeah. They were both it like was, slides that he like somehow yeah. like jumped over and the ball miraculously just kept getting in front of him. Yeah. I mean, it was like the episode of family guy where uh, Stewie's following the heavier set guy playing the, the tuba and it was just like the fat footed moves and mm-hmm. it just, it, yeah, it was kind of gross. Uh, but Hey, you know what? He it made worked. it work. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Uh, Robbie stayed composed, sent an absolute gorgeous ball through the box. Uh, he beat, four defenders and Campana absolutely slammed it. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He slotted this thing home. Like he did it with authority. It was, it was gorgeous. You know, the entire play, as much as I was just giving Robbie crap and it's all love, but it was a gorgeous buildup play. And as Ray Hudson retweeted for us, we called it magisterial. So I don't know, man, like, it was it was an awesome goal. What what's your take? It, it it was a beautiful goal. I, I don't know. I like in my mind, like to me, slot is like just like a ball on the ground getting through the keeper. I mean, he absolutely ripped a rocket with his left foot. I mean, just put this in the top of the net. There is no way in hell the keeper stood a chance of of stopping this. And it was just well composed. Yeah, this Robbie put this ball between four defenders. There were there were actually five defenders in the box, but this literally went through four defenders. Um, and you saw him running there, holding his arm up, holding his arm up. Robbie saw him. He put it across, and he just buried it. And this was in the the, the twenty third minute. So we're talking about a five minute difference in goals here, and everyone just was losing it. Everyone was hyped up. It was beautiful. Finish out the half or two one, phenomenal coming out, and then you know here is this game that's just pulling out all your strings because New Orleans, uh, not New Orleans, what am I talking about? New England actually, you know, brings it even in the sixty seventh minute off a, a PK, and and what happened was Rennie got through on the right side. He was challenged, uh, or sorry, I guess on the right side of Marsman's right side, but more the 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 left side. Uh, if we're talking about the the run to play here, and it looked. Initially, it looked cl- like a lot of people were upset about this because initially it looked clean, just like shoulder to shoulder contact here. Um, but I mean, low came in and like and laid a hit. It wasn't it wasn't your typical like 50 50 shoulder to shoulder. It was like, yeah, that's your shoulder and I'm going to bury you. But he also like came across the face um, of Rennick and. It's it's just a, it's a weird situation because like his right foot does hit the ball first before I think he makes contact, but the the aggression that he did it with led to Rennick going down and 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 a penalty. And I mean, you could argue this either way. And I mean, honestly, I'd be a lot more upset about this if you know we 
except for what we're about to talk about is, is how we, we did come out on top, but you know, I guess all things considered now that we have the win, I can see it, but still it did seem pretty shoulder to shoulder. Then you put the, the, the ball, you know, PK to the reigning MVP and Carlos Hill, and, and he converts that. He'll convert that probably all day against any keeper in the league. Um, but again, you know, can't really be too mad about that because of what we're about to discuss next. Absolutely. I mean, we go from one absolute beautiful goal to like you sick shithousery. That's the only way to put it. I mean, <laughs> yes. it's, it yes. is what it is. Um, we had a beautiful play down the left wing. Bryce Duke, I'm going to say he's going to say this was a cross, but it definitely looked like a shot to me. Yeah. Uh, put it in on net, and the Revs keeper just fumbled it. He, he screwed the pooch, and Campana just ran in, and all the defenders ran in, and it, it looked like a rugby scrum, and then all of a sudden the net's like slow rolling into the back of the net. Yep. It's like the Austin Powers scene where the uh, the rollers coming down the hallway, and they're like, "No," but like he had time to yeah, move. Like yeah. that's what that. Yeah, it was. Who was that? Who was that? Uh... <laughs> oh man, we're pulling this one out. Who was it? Joe Green? Who was the keeper for England in the twenty uh, World Cup? No, no, no. Who was this poor soul? It was U.S. versus England in the 20, 2010 World Cup, and we put one. He pairs it down, and there's just like slow rolls behind him into into the net. I, I believe the U.S. won that game, but but yeah, no, it was like this weird slow. Very slow roll into the net that Leonardo somehow got there and, and, and put a toe to it. And there was like this, there was a couple seconds of hesitation because everyone in the, like, that was on the opposite goal. That was on the south side goal. So we we couldn't really see anything occur because it was very close to the keeper's body. But then we just saw all the players, like, celebrate and have a good time. So we well, were like, oh, shit, it went in. Yeah, even on TV, like I saw, I saw him hit it. I saw Campana go in and poke a toe, and I was like, "Oh shit, oh shit!" And I just, like threw my hands up. I was like, "Oh my god, we're we're gonna pull this out. Yeah, we're gonna do this." Um, it it definitely, like I already said, it it was not a thing of beauty. <laughs> no. But at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be beautiful. It can be the ugliest thing. It could be an own goal for all we care, because we kept fighting and we got that W. That's it, all that matters. Doesn't matter if it's an incredibly sloppy. It's uh, it's fine, man. And, and you know, let's get into the to the stats here. Um, you know, possession. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing some solid uh, improvement on possession. I say, but but not really this game. Overall, came out on the bottom, basically thirty seven to uh, it's a sixty three percent. But um, you know, we got we got outmatched with. With with passes, um, it it was a it was a tough game. We conceded sixteen fouls. They only conceded uh, nine. I mean, they were they did lead in in most of the um, stat categories you would want to lead in, except for shots on target and except for goals. But I mean. Through and through, you know, pretty solid. Everyone, as far as passing accuracy, was, you know, basically like mid seventies to to eighties. A few exceptions outside of that with the subs, 
uh, stuff of that nature. Um, Damian Lowe did struggle a little bit with passing, but made up with it with some tackles. Uh, but yeah, I mean, man, like we're able to, to, to put it through, but the new England statistically did not play a good game. They were much more effective with their passing, uh, in their completed passes, but it, you know, at the end of the day, stats doesn't matter because this is a strange game and anything can happen. And we were able to, uh, to come on and get this man. And, and like, it, it honestly feels good. And there are a lot of positives that I think you can take from this, a, a lot of momentum, um, that we can build. You know, one thing I I've noticed that it seems like this season, we're not timid to take shots from outside the box which is quite refreshing because for the previous two seasons we would only basically you know have a go at goal if it was uh you know in our own box but a lot of positives here and outside of the most glaring positive right which was uh leonardo campana outside of that outside of him winning man of the match outside of him being the first ever inter miami player to record a hat trick, right? Outside of the obvious, what were some other positives that you took away from this game or some improvements that you saw along the way that, you know, are areas that we have spoken about in the past that we need to improve upon? Well, I got to say, I'm not too critical about the stats we just talked about because I think we're starting to shed the Gonzalo Higuain identity and we're starting to play quick counterattacking football. That's going to be the nature of the beast. We're not going to have possession. We're not going to have all the passes in the world. It's it's going to be one of those things. But I honestly think that's what Miami as a community needs to get behind. It's flashy. It's got that flair. It's got that, uh, you know, tiki-taka passing when it wants to. It's it's going to be the football that the community, the region, the, the state needs. It's I, – I, I hope they build on that because I know, like – for a fact, I love counterattacking football. Yeah. I, I want to see I want to see the quick turn, get up there and go for blood when you know you you have the man advantage. Don't pass it back and play p- patty cake on the back line. Um the the other thing I would say is again, we're starting to see that connectivity I've been talking about with the midfield that we lacked so much last year where it was defense to the forwards or it was defense to goalkeeper or it was forwards trying to take it from the back and do their own thing. And, you know, it's, it's refreshing because I think you and I talked about putting Mota in that center attacking mid role and letting him go. And it's kind of like, Oh, we maybe we're onto something and not saying that he had a, a, a perfect game in any stretch of the imagination, but he was able to create, be off his leash, not have to worry about, holding up play for someone who didn't want to be out there. And, and I know it's, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a lot of this on the fact that Gonzalo's not out there, but as we already alluded to, a lot of it is because Gonzalo is not out there. Okay. It was almost like a weight was lifted off these guys' shoulders. You know, and one thing I wanted to ask you for that second Campana goal, would Robbie pass out of Gonzalo's in the middle? Yeah, I think he does. Cause it's Gonzalo. Gonzalo I feel like we've always centered it around Gonzalo whereas that time Robbie 
made the the smartest pass because he didn't feel the pressure of having to pass to Gonzalo. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting after though. There's been a lot of, and we're not, we don't know anything. We're not, you know, we don't have the, the pulse of the club, but there's been a lot of rumors that Robbie and Gonzalo aren't getting along. And I wonder if Robbie looks for a different pass there and, and we're looking at a draw rather than a win because we missed out on that opportunity. I mean, it very well could be like, I think, because, right, Gonzalo, like, isn't playing as a traditional nine anymore. He's more of a 10. And I think that the really the only benefit I've seen this season is he does have, like, the quick turnaround, like, through ball to release a winger. But, like, for the most part, we've only played, what, like, two games with Gonzalo where we've even had wingers. It's typically just been, uh, you know, Campana. Um, so I think I'm, I'm not against a counterattacking style system of play because we have Lasseter, we have Robinson, we have Emerson, we have these wingers who are just uniquely fast for this league and that can allow for that to happen. But you also bring in a Campana who by no means of the imagination, Campana is not a speedster, right? He plays well with his back against the the the, the goal. He's a pretty big dude, super chiseled, attractive Man looks like a bronze statue you would see in Greece. Like, honestly, a step. But what what I really liked is it seemed like the first time this season we were keeping our shape. We were keeping our formation intact. There was good spacing between the lines. I think once you throw Gonzalo, you know, quote-unquote, out the window, and we'll talk about this in full speech, right, is, is he mentioned specifically, like, you can't blame losing on the dps because they typically get all the pressure so i think for the first time we saw people realizing like hey we're really gonna have to give a lot of effort to get ourselves open to ease up our teammates and we were able to move the ball what seemed to be even though possession might not you know say we absolutely dominated the passing but it seemed to be a much more comfortable uh, movement of the ball from our third into into the final third and i was just i was really impressed with the team uh mota you know if we're gonna talk about mota i think mota's got probably i would i'm gonna go ahead and say it now mota scores within the next three games he is honing his ability in the mls and he's getting closer and closer he not only almost had the, the the first goal off the free kick which ended up you know banging off the post but there was one later in the game that he took with his left foot which was so close to being top bin on the left side and i i really think he's he's honing it and as i said you know if you've been listening to a while for a while in the very first season you know lewis morgan you could see the talent. You could see the skill was there. And I was just like, if, once he just gets that first one, the goals are going to start to flood in. And he scored, like, I think seven in, like, the next, like, 12 games or something like that. And I, I feel a similar situation is going to be happening with Moto. We know Gregory's not been in the form he was last year where he was, you know, the team MVP. But I think it is he really understands his role. And Moto understands he can play in tandem with Gregory in, like, a defensive mindset. But – Mosa also has some offensive ability, and I think he's going to be uh, a weapon. And same thing with Robbie Taylor. I think these guys that are coming from outside the league are just going to have to get acclimated, but we're starting to see that progress, right? And, you know, I don't want to, like, I don't want to give hope to anybody because, again, it's MLS, anything can happen, but 
I don't know, man. I, I just, I feel like this was a discovery game and we found something and I feel like it would be foolish to revert back to any other way. I'm happy that we're going with the four, three, three. We're not doing the three or five, two, three, or three, four, three, however you, you, you want to, you know, tally up where your, your players sit on the pitch. I think that we, I think we've, finally discovered the proper way to use our players. I think Phil has finally discovered the proper way to use the players at his disposal in the best capacity he can. Yeah, I would agree with you. And, you know, to piggyback what you said off of, of Robbie Taylor, can you imagine what teams are going to be thinking if we, if Mota and Taylor start banging in from distance, they have to cover both of those on top of our players in the box, you know, and then we didn't even talk about the fact that Mabika got up. Yeah, he he could have dunked in a couple himself. So, to I would say this is definitely a coming of age game uh, for this team. It was uh, oh, we can do this. We don't need players holding us back like this. And my only other point to what you had said was, could you imagine if we were able to have a full complement if somehow Indy came back? Right. Yeah. And we could just seventy fifth minute swap out both wingers and add a striker. That's going to be so demoralizing for a team that has been worn down all game to have to deal with fresh speedsters on the outside. It, I'm not saying Indy's coming back, and you know we we hope he does, and we welcome with open arms because I think I speak for myself. He's fan favorite around here, but I I think it would be even more beneficial for us. I agree. I think it would, and and I think once we can continue to get Emerson comfortable that he's going to be another asset as well. Like I'm not as um, dependent, I guess, or, or as strong thoughted on this probably not a word, but that we need to even have Indy back. I, I honestly, I do like the players we have now. Uh, we've, you know, they cut up to Gonzalo once the goals were scored. He did not look excited. I think he kind of, sees what's happening it's just kind of funny how it also coincides with the news last week where his father said he was going to retire and like dude if that's where your head is and we've got these players here that are are young and hungry and want to win i say we stick to it and then you know gonzalo leaves and we have three dps we have two dps in the summer window from blaze and if gonzalo does retire early that would be phenomenal and then i i would have to assume and hope that Monterey wants to buy Pizarro at the end of the season, but we'll see. But we literally could be in a, in, in a situation where we have three DPs certainly by, uh, you know, the off season, right after this season, but there, there is a, a definite chance that we could go into the summer window. If, if, if Gonzalo, if I could read a face, man, and he wants out, like, go ahead, get out, settle up on the club Give us two D spot, two DP spots in the summer, and then we'll get one more when the season's in. And we talked about this in the Discord today. But I mean, if we can become a, a somewhat competitive team, then add three DPs in that instead of getting three DPs and trying to build a team around them, but rather pick DPs that fit into our system, then we could be extremely lethal. Or have two DPs, and then you know, in in once the season's done, we bring in three young DPs, which might honestly be a, a better route as long like Campana. I mean, if we exercise his buy option, I would have to assume he'd be a young DP. 
Um, good thing he's 21 because he, he falls into that category. You have to be under 23 to be a young DP and you have to, you cannot turn 23 in the first year that you are signed to the young DP contract and you can stay a young DP until you're 25. So that might be, you know, a, a serious option, but we'll get into, you know, the, the post game conference and it, they're still saying like, you know, Gonzalo is our guy, da, da, da. But like, I just saying he doesn't have to be. He does not have to be. There are other options here. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the, you almost have to think it's the puppet master saying, hey, you got to say this to keep keep the team together. Yeah, exactly. you know, I'm not saying that Moss or Beckham are, 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 it's not like Sesame Street. Neville's not a puppet. He's able to speak for himself. But you get what I'm trying to say. The club is trying to make sure that Gonzalo still feels, quote, unquote, needed if this injury bug keeps hitting us the way it's been hitting us. Um, but, you know, Phil went on. He was saying that it was overall feeling of relief. Uh, he had a lot of praise for the players. You could almost tell just by looking at him. The weight was gone. The monkey was off his back. He he felt like, okay, we just took the first step. Now let's start walking. You know what I mean? Um, he said the team had to grow up. Uh, the freedom on the field that we saw came because they had to grow up and 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 act like a team that was free to play football, not like a team that was constrained and confined to one way of playing. You know, it was, and it, like we already talked about it. We don't need to continue to beat a dead horse here, but you could see the freedom that they played with. Mm-hmm. You could see that they felt free to roam, to move, and that each one of the players around them had their back, uh, which you know Phil continued to touch on. Um, they did ask if Gonzalo was uh, going to be brought in as a super sub. Uh, Phil danced around it once again, said, you know, he hopes Gonzalo comes back. Gonzalo's the player that we need, and they have plans to play him as he has. Again, reading between the lines. It's going to be one of those things that they're just trying to stay face, keep the peace. At least mm-hmm. that's my take. Um, Let me interject right here, Jay, right? Because yeah, for go the ahead. first yeah. time in – all season, we were finally efficient at finishing, right? We had three goals prior to this game. Two were Gonzalo penalties. One was a Leonardo Campagna, um, you know, right-footed shot into the right side, right? So Campagna had the only goal from run of play leading up to this game. And then he comes in here, he gets three more. So he, um, you know, <laughs> he's, he, has the most goals on the team right now for four. He is literally on in the running for the golden boot of the MLS now off that. I, I can't remember what place is in, but I'm pretty sure he's top five. Um, I, I don't see how you can revert away from that, given the fact that we just three X'd our goals from the run of play. And he just matched the entire amount of goals that we have scored this season i i just don't see i understand the the word game you have to play i understand and i said this in the discord right like i said gonzalo should be a, a super sub from that one but uh, my super sub definition is is different from a lot of people so a lot of people are thinking 75th 80th minute now if you're going to pay someone eight million a year let's give them more time i'm thinking more of a 60 minute guy to come in and try and finish a game off but it's hard for me to understand at this point how you could revert back to gonzalo after what Leonardo Campana just did. 
and it's going to be probably the most anticipated lineup release that we'll get an hour before the game on Saturday to see what Phil's decision is. But it's it's really hard for me to understand anything other than starting Campana again. I'm going to also remind you, though, talking about this lineup release, that Phil also has to plan for a quick turnaround, which we'll talk about here yeah. after after uh you know we continue on with the pressers um the final question phil was asked hey what about the 5-0 beat down last season do you know who was playing and then when we beat the revs last year we beat them this year do you know who wasn't playing and of course the answer is gonzalo they wanted to know what phil saw i guess in between the, the major loss and the two wins honestly you know, and I would love to just be in the room when some of these questions are asked because there's so many different variables. It's not just mm-hmm. one person. As much as I'd love to sit here and hang Gonzalo out the dry for that, like, you're a member of the press. you got to use your head. Yeah. You can't just throw questions out there like that. Uh, there's so many different things we could talk about with that. You know, and Phil did a great job handling it. I'm not a Phil apologist. You know, I will support him because he obviously came from the club I love, but, like, he, he, I think he handled it pretty well. I don't know. What do you think about that, Jay? Well, he mentioned something interesting to me, interesting to me in that question. Um, and he said that, you know, they were asking specifically about the loss we took at home, the 5-0 loss, which I you know, brought two of my buddies who had never been to Inter-Miami game. And that was the experience I gave him was a 5-0 massacre. <laughs> but we did beat them at the end of the season. This was the following week, I think, when they won the Supporters' Shield. Uh, but we beat them 1-0. And interestingly enough, you know, Phil mentioned, like, we didn't have Gonzalo in that game either. And so it's like, say what you want. Be as political as you want, Phil. But, you know, we didn't have Gonzalo last season. We beat him. We didn't have Gonzalo this game. And we win. Maybe, you know, I don't want to draw massive correlations here or get in trouble with anyone, but maybe there's something more to this. Maybe we should look at the underlying reason, which is, you know, if you're not paying attention, Gonzalo Higuain. I mean, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna play Switzerland on this one. Because there's too many variables. I mean, there's too many things we can discuss. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but the 5-0 loss last year, we had won at least a couple before then, so we were feeling pretty decent, were we not? Or was that that during the early season rut? No, it was like mid-season. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I mean... I don't know. You could sit there and blame it on conflicting personalities between the DPs, the alleged clicks, no one wanting to listen to whoever. You know, it is what it is, okay? Yeah. Uh, the fact that we didn't field 11 Lewis Morgans out there. I don't know. It is what it is. But that's all we can say. It is what it is. I'm going to choose to be Switzerland. You can say what you want. The press can say what they want. Phil knows it and Gonzalo knows, whatever it is. But why don't you go ahead and tell us about Leonardo Campana and and what he had to say during what, I mean, I'll be honest, he was glowing up there. He looked like, uh, he looked like a man who just, 
won the Ballon d'Or if you could even win that through the MLS. Yeah, but, yeah, I think they yeah. call it the Golden Boot now here in America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, so actually, uh, you know, funny enough, I actually ran into Campana uh, post game. Um, you know, you know, I, I, he he's he is from Ecuador, but he grew up in Miami, so he actually he speaks very good English. Um, and I was just like, hey, like obviously, you know, hell of a game. Uh, really impressive what you, you did out there. You know, obviously, La Familia and all of the fans are just incredibly grateful and, and, and happy for you. And, you know, in this moment, like, you know, I said, realize what you did was historical, right? You were the first player to ever record a hat trick. And, and he was like, just, just happy, just grateful to be able to come through for the club, you know, nothing but, you know, thank you. And, you know, I'm, I'm so happy, you know, it was a great game. We, we played great. And he, he kept like poking his head out this door. Right. It's like, we, we spoke briefly and he kept poking his head out. And I was just, I was by the door. I was just like, I was like, who, who are you looking for? He's like, oh, my family. And I was like, Oh wow. Like your, your whole family is here. Like all that he cares about is not even necessarily like, I'm sure he celebrated with the team, but he wanted to just celebrate with his family. Who was there? Which I'm pretty sure I saw. So I was like, "This it's like this whole group of people has Campana jerseys." But um, I mean, they came in and and like it, I mean, they, you know, like you're you're a dad. I'm a dad, right? You could just see that that like that love when they came in and, and it was just all hugs. And then I, by that time, I, I went into the uh, like press box, the post game boss, and he came in and, and it was just like, I mean, he just. He just had such a good uh, spirit about him. It, 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 there was not one aspect of it being cocky or, you know, this is what I came to the club to do. I'm just doing my job. It wasn't even that. It was just like he was just so happy and grateful to get the opportunity. Um, it was like he was blushing the entire time. If people kept asking him, um, you know, not only there was a lot of questions around the the the, the Ecuador World Cup. And he's like, you know, like that is my dream goal is, you know, I think I want to go to the world cup, but also like, you know, before I go there, like, you know, my main focus is, is, is doing everything I can for this club. And, and I mean, overall, dude, I mean, like just so excited to be able to be out there. So humble. He was obviously very excited to score three times to get the hat trick. They mentioned again, you know, it was historical, like you're the first ever player. And I mean, this man's just got a grin on him that, you know, you can just feel that like the, he's just a kid out there having the best time of his life. And, um, you know, kind of contrast that a little bit with like the frustrations we've seen with Gonzalo, right? Where he's clearly not happy. His hands are up and then, you know, we're not getting the results with them. And you see the look on his face when, when we're winning, right? Like the production crew cuts up to him and, and Gonzalo is clearly not happy. I think he realized in that moment, like I'm becoming obsolete. Like my replacement uh, uh, has been here. And then you go over to his quote unquote replacement and he's just nothing but excited to be able to play, be able to produce results. And most importantly, give La Familia something to be proud about and to build off. The one thing I want to interject real quick is I, I don't remember exactly who said it, but the one thing that stuck with me is when Campana was celebrating and they cut to Gonzalo, someone said the look you give when you realize the game has just passed you by. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly, I was like, yeah, yeah, I see it. It looked like and his soul up, was missing. Like he was just stuck there, just looking down, like knowing it's over. He's like, oh, this is not about me. And this is not me back at Napoli where, I mean, let's be honest when he was at Napoli, he was a, he was a God King there. Like yep. he, I remember the last game he played the entire stadium was chanting his name. It, it just echoed across the, you know, the entire city. There's YouTube videos of it. If you have never heard it, it, it's, it gives you the goosebumps back to the common theme of this podcast. Beautiful game. One more thing to add to the list, but to see him just boom, soul sucked out of your body. Maybe, and, and I'm not trying to put hope in anybody, but maybe this is humbling enough for him that if he does come back, maybe we'll get a little more out of him. Maybe this will do him some good. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I think at 21, when Gonzalo gets a hat trick, he's probably going out to the clubs. I think at 21, when Leonardo gets a hat trick, he's he's just happy to spend the night with his family. Like, I, I just, I think there's a different mentality between these players and um, to see someone who's just exuberating happiness and gratefulness. Uh, and then to also, on the, on the flip side, be a fan and see it's the same thing when you know a, a player's on it like maybe like a, a longa right or, or or um like i'm trying to think of someone like from from chelsea to compare but we don't really have a super deep bench but it's like you, you have a player on your bench for several years who you bring in when you need to but then like he has a game where it's just a coming of age game and then he becomes one of of your starters right a lot of a soul that like there is a lot of hope in 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 this this young man right here. He's only twenty one. He's a big dude for twenty one, but he could have an incredibly bright future if we can. Obviously, I think we have to work out this uh, deal with with Wolverhampton to to bring him on full time. We'll see. May, I mean, they, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the situation is like. Maybe, maybe they turn it down. Maybe it's way too early to speak, and maybe four goals and. You know, this few games is, is a fluke, but I don't know. It was just refreshing to see someone being very humble, very grateful, not complaining, and just smiling nonstop. I mean, I think you and I, and even Alex, have been saying for a while we need uh, a mentality reset. I mean, I can tell you the, the story I've told about Riley, myself, and Gonzalo a thousand times. And that's one of the reasons why I cannot stand the man. I feel like Campana would take the time to talk to you in the pouring down rain if you've been sitting out there for an hour waiting for the team bus to come through. That's what the team needs. That's what La Familia needs now more than ever. In the state of disrepair that we are finding ourselves trying to claw back out of, they need a face like Lewis was to us to be able to associate with good times, hard work, humble, whatever word you want to use. The team needs that, and this is who I believe is going to be it. Yes, there's going to be ups and downs, so don't think it's all going to be happy, go lucky, sunshines and rainbows, but it's going to be someone that we can lean on, and hopefully it becomes infectious throughout the team that, hey, you know what, times are tough, but we're going to push through. We got this. Instead of, woe is me, go light up my Marlboro and go off to you know, Argentina again. Yeah, no, I mean, so I saw pictures with the kids and Kamana after the game. You know, on on the Facebook group, 
on the, the inner Miami dad's Facebook group. I, that's a very great point. You mean he, if anyone's going to be close to what Lewis Morgan was for us from an attitude standpoint, just a, a humble, hardworking individual, I think it's going to be Campana. I mean, he was out there 90 minutes giving full effort. And uh, I mean, I honestly think nothing but a bright future. Maybe it's again, still way too early to say that, but man, it, it just, it feels good. It feels good to, to just, to not lose another game, but let's, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, power rankings, uh, moved up here just a little bit, man. I, I don't know which power rankings people like to go off. You can either go off MLS or you can go off ESPN. Just be fair. We'll go off. We'll go off MLS. I'm, I'm we'll going to say MLS ESPN. because ESPN doesn't know football from football from football. They think, <laughs> I don't know. Does uh, the MLS know, know the football head, from football from football? No, I don't know. I, an over-the-head catch in baseball will beat uh, a half-field shot anytime on ESPN Top 10. So let's just yeah. stick with the MLS app. Well, okay, so we're 27 on the MLS. We're only The only team worse than us is, is San Jose. But just to bring it full circle here for anyone stuck on ESPN, ESPN does have us a little bit higher uh, at 25 with Vancouver, Cincinnati, and San Jose behind us. Uh, still seems this league's really given Cincinnati no credit, even though they've had a, a bit of a, uh, you know, much better start than, than I think what they're used to. But so next game up is this Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. So 10 p.m. our time. We are going to be taking on the Seattle Sounders from Lumen Field again, Saturday, April 16th at 10 p.m. Uh, I don't know what we need to say about Seattle. They are perennial uh, favorites to win not only the Shield, but also the Cup, have uh, tons of stud players on their team. Uh, they've got, a, God, there's so many. Arrega, uh, Paulo, Montero, Jordan Morris. Uh, I don't even think R- Rui Diaz is even uh, playing right now. Suzoko, they've got one of the best keepers in the league. And Fry, this is... Uh, a team, again, that is perennially one of the best in the league, but they've been struggling this season, and we might have an opening here. They're actually uh, you know, not even in playoff contention right now with two wins, two losses, in uh, one draw. So you might be able to get in here and sneak out some points. This will be probably by then will be feeling good and great, you know, a 10 p.m. late game. But uh, I think notably here is they're struggling in the MLS, but they're also dealing with the CONCACAF Champions League. And they're playing um, tomorrow, right? Okay. Yep, they're going to be Who are yeah, they taking on. They're taking on perennial. No, I can't even say that. I want to call them out because they're part of Citigroup. But they are playing NYCFC in Harrison tomorrow night at 9 p.m. So for those of you listening a little bit later, it is April 13th, 9 p.m. EST. So here's the fun part, right? Is the reason there's added pressure here is because no MLS team has ever won the CONCACAF Champions League. And you've got two MLS teams fighting right here. So this is not something that Seattle could maybe play like they're, you know, they're as many maybe second string players as they wanted to. I think they're going to come out and try and win this game which is only going to help us. I mean, it's not going to be like an absolute game changer, but that fatigue will have an effect come Saturday when you're banging out, you know, three games and virtually a, a, a week's period of, of time here. But 
again, like we do have to be respectful. It is still Seattle. They are still can F you up six ways to Sunday. What man, we're going to come in. I feel like we're going to come in really hot with these predictions, but what, what's your game time prediction right now, bud? Judging off of Seattle's performances. Yes. I'm getting analytical now. Cause mm-hmm. I've been, I've been on a little bit of a hot streak. As I said, I'm going to go three, two enter Miami only because almost every game Seattle's played so far, they've let in a goal minus the, uh, the CONCACAF games against was it Leon, uh, Every game in the MLS so far, they've let in a goal. So I'm going to say that we're hitting our stride. It's the right time. Uh, Our defense is still going to give us a little bit of the queasy feeling, and we're going to pull it out late again. 3-2 inner Miami. Okay, so here's a fun fact, right? (laughs) They're ranked 11th in the Western Conference. On the power rankings, they're third. That just shows you, like, the the amount of love they get within, I guess, the, the MLF. MLS, uh, like staff or, or, or media there. Uh, I think there's a, a solid chance to sneak out a win here. Um, I'm going to go 2 1. I've, I've, I've been going against Enter. I said, until they prove me wrong, I'm going to go against them. I'm going to go 2 1 Enter if Gonzalo doesn't start. If Gonzalo starts, I'm going 2 1 Sounders. So that will be the decisive piece for me. I hope he does not start. I think I'm going to stay 3-2 because, as you already said, they're going to go and go all out for the CONCACAF Champions League win. They're going to go to move on to the final. They have a 3-1 advantage coming out out of leg one that was in Seattle. They're heading into New York or New Jersey, I'm sorry. New York City is still not a team you want to screw around with, so they're going to have to go all out. I think they're going to come in a little tired, so I think we're going to be able to catch them, catch them napping. All right. All right. We'll see what happens. Let's keep it going. Please, 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 let's keep it going. Let's move into miscellaneous news, though. Where are we? Some ran- Hit me some random news. All right. Well, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, the latest inner Miami rumor is out and your favorite player with the biggest oversized bite you've ever seen is linked with our beloved club. Luis Suarez, everybody. He is potentially looking to come this way after his season's done with Atleti. Jay, what do you think, man? What do you think of Luis the chomper Suarez? I'm on board with it 100,000%. If we're going to go with these um, older players, I want ones that have, uh, you know, solid track records. I know Gonzalo's had a solid track record, but Gonzalo's also had amazing players around him, whereas Suarez seems to, no matter where he goes, be the focal point of attack. I understand there's a lot of hatred for various reasons, uh, especially for people that follow the EPL uh, or that are just against biting. Um, one of the things that has stuck with me 
for a long time was when he was back at Liverpool. And this was shortly after the whole, the first world cup Biden incident. Um, and they were just talking about like how committed he is to the team and his family and that he's like, he's not that person. And maybe he just, you know, had to let the best get to him or whatever. But like, like I'm going to, I'll take it. I will, I will take this all day in stride. I'd be willing to gamble on this for a year. I think it only boasts our chances of getting messy. I know that they're talking about this messy Suarez reunion or messy Neymar reunion. Um, so, you know, I, I understand everyone might not have that, uh, that, that feeling, but I think it'd be stupid for Miami to not take on Suarez given the marketing opportunity and given the fact that I think he is a much more versatile, uh, attacker than, than Gonzalo Higuain. So I would say welcome aboard my man. Nope. Sorry. Go away. Don't want him. But that's I, from I a place of hate because you're a man, you fan. No, it's it's because of his history. I'm not. I mean, it's well documented. He had the eight game ban for racism. I I don't want him here. I mean, one of my favorite memories is Patrice Evra dancing in front of him after they beat Liverpool, and Evra was in his face, essentially laughing at him. I I just I don't want him here. I've said it before. So even if, if you know here, he's, let's say hypothetically, if you knew that he was going to get us 20 goals for two seasons, you don't want him here. I said in Discord, if he wins us the MLS, I wouldn't want him here. That's how dead set against him I am. Okay. It's personal. I, I just can't. I cannot. Just like the other rumor was Sergio Aguero. Apparently his heart has magically healed, and he was allegedly linked with coming in near Miami. I can't. I, I will not. I cannot. What do you have against Aguero? Dude, we have gone over this a thousand times. The 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 commentator screaming Aguero in my ear on my wedding day. So you're so again, you're just hate hateful because he played for City. Like that's that's I, all it is. I'm removing it, it, my hate. I'm removing my EPL hate. I am removing my EPL hate. Like who do I really hate? I don't know. Who do I really dislike? Hmm. Oh, this is going to take me a while. Probably but see, okay, while people. you're thinking about it, Sergio Aguero was like my number one of number one of, of, of people I hated in the EPL. And when Suarez was there, it was like, he was like two-ish. I, I just can't. Do okay, it. Okay. And that's just. So just I, I, I hate Barcelona, right? But I would take, I hated Barcelona in their prime. But if I was in my situation now, I'd welcome, I'd welcome Messi. I'd welcome Thierry Henry. I'd welcome David V. I'd welcome Ronaldinho. I'd welcome Eto. I'd welcome Iniesta. I'd welcome Xavi. I don't like anything to do with Barcelona. I don't even like Wayne Rooney. Hot take here. But I would welcome Wayne Rooney Ooh. if DC didn't get him because I'm more concerned about my MLS club. So I'm not going to let my EPL hate get me there. So if that's your only beef with Aguero and Aguero still wants to play, we would be stupid to not ring on Aguero. Okay. But I'm also thinking too that like with Aguero, we, we're getting a little sidetracked here, but how reliable is his ticker really going to be if he had to turn down a contract to play at Barcelona? Probably better than, than the ticker in Gonzalo's legs. 
Yeah, but listen to what I'm saying though. If if this was real, right? Like let's let's it's all rumors, right? But if this is real, we really need to evaluate is his heart in that good of a condition where Barca's not gonna open him with open arms? Or are they just trying to get him one last payday and we're stuck with a... I don't know. Was Erickson's uh, heart in good condition? That motherfucker's coming out scoring. Yeah, that was... You know? Like, oh, yeah. No. I'm just not going to maybe... I'll take Luis Suarez with open arms. for On a year contract with a, another year uh, option. You know, I don't want to get stuck with him. But I just think that, like, Gonzalo and Matuidi are not... While, yes, I do want to have a youth movement, but I think that can come from our academy versus bringing in youthful players from Europe. I'm still not overtaking chances on people who are the focal point of attacks and who can make chances by themselves, like a Suarez, like an Aguero. But uh, but let's move on. Yeah, we're being a dead horse here and talking about hypotheticals. Yeah, because I'm not going to reform. Any ways, talking about the youth movement, the Inter-Miami U-17s, the Heronitos, just before we started recording this podcast, this is hot news, beat AS Roma's U-17s in the round of 16 in the Generation Adidas Cup. So we're starting to see that academy build itself up a little bit. And they're what? They're 3-0 in the group or something? So, so undefeated? So... Th- that yeah, and then on top of that, the U15s are also on top of their group. And to give the casual listener an idea of who's actually in this generation at Dudas Cup, uh, the first group would be uh, Unam, New York Red Bull, River Plot, and Colorado Rapids. The second group is Manchester United, Columbus Crew, San Jose Earthquakes, and Minnesota. Uh, Second or third group is Atlanta United, Portland, Porto, and Philly Union. By the way, Philly Union has had one of the most storied uh, and highly touted academies, and they finished with two points in their group at the bottom. Wow. Uh, and then our group is us, Tigres, Flamingo. Flamenco. And sorry, you know, it is what it is. And Nashville, our fellow expansion brothers who had zero points in our group. Suck to, Nashville. To give you an idea, we finished on par with points with Manchester United's U15 Academy team, and that was only one point off of the top for the groups. That's pretty solid. Uh, I mean, this was overall a solid weekend for all things in Miami. We we beat the Revs. Uh, the U15s beat Nashville. The U17s beat Kansas City. And uh, I am CF Inter 2 beat Orlando 2. Uh, two to zero, which uh, I watched was a very good game. So all in all, like let's let's just let's take a moment. Let's appreciate this feeling. Let's appreciate this feeling of a clean sweep of the weekend because it, it might be a while before it happens again. Yeah, well, are we going to do like a thirty seconds of like silence for our 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 <laughs> our, our, our happiness here because we we'll got to kind of we got. Yeah, the air horns, baby. Uh, so we got to kind of go back to a little bit of sad news. Uh, our boy, one of the pod favorites, George Acosta, had minor knee surgery, uh, came out a few hours ago. He's going to be out for six to eight weeks. Good news is nothing serious. It was a minor meniscus cleanup from what I understand. 
but they wanted to get that cleaned up and get him situated before it became anything worse. There we go. Uh, you know, our, our thoughts with him, we hope he heals up well. Um, knowing our physios and our doctors, you know, he'll be back healthier sooner rather than later for sure. Uh, well, we do have a, a U.S. Open Cup to play, so tell us about that. Yeah, uh, this is going to be interesting because, you know, there's no love lost between these two clubs, these two fan bases, even the social media teams are getting after it with each other. No, folks, I am not talking about Orlando City. We are talking about little Miami FC. I can't even tell you what... Uh, what they're a part of, but I can tell you that whenever Miami or inter Miami loses, they decide that they're going to pop up and say, Hey guys, what's going on? I thought you're supposed to be the MLS team. I, I don't even know who you are. I know that your Jersey's orange and blue. I know that you think you're better than what we have here, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just stoking the fire for this matchup. Well, that game is next week uh, from today, Tuesday, I believe, uh, what, 7 p.m. if I'm not mistaken here. Um, yes, they are uh, their team, and they play in the USL Championship. So not a bad team. I believe we lost to them uh, in the preseason, but we will uh, hopefully uh, avenge that this season. Uh, tickets are on sale. Do go to MiamiFC.com to purchase your tickets. Go to the Facebook group if you want to find sections where – all the, uh, you know, inner Miami, La Familia will be. You want to be with us? I promise you that. It's going to be a, a very, very good time down at FIU Stadium in Miami. This will be a good time. It will really be a good time. And uh, this is the first game that we will play in the U.S. Open Cup. Obviously, it's been delayed for the, the past years due to the uh, corona pandemic but here we are and uh we're rolling gonna be an exciting excited time um now we're gonna be able to experience some of that uh what we all experience the european uh clubs with having to play multiple tournaments and getting you know midweek games and still having to play uh, a game on on the weekend so uh gonna require a lot um gonna require certain fitness levels but hey i think i think we're up for the challenge and if we can keep this momentum rolling have a decent shot of uh you know going fairly deep in the tournament we'll see so i gotta i gotta walk back a statement you know their social media team as much as i can't stand they're pretty good at what they're they're doing here Mm -hmm. they have announced that this match is going to be the first ever mls match in miami (laughs) they're coming at us a hundred percent there's all types of all types of nicknames going around, like the Kilo Classico, all types of uh, horrible, <laughs> horrible names. Yeah, but uh, yeah. let's let's get into to uh, the fan questions for this uh, this week's segment of OnlyFans. All right, OnlyFans, my favorite time of the podcast. Uh, Jay, we hit on some of these already, uh, so feel free to move through them quickly. But I don't want to do a disservice to our loyal fans. So, Demont. 525 in the Discord. What do you think was going on through Gonzalo's head after that display of Campana and the team goals? I think he realized I am obsolete. I am no longer the hottest commodity in this club, and uh, I just saw my underling take the reins. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, what's the best way we can put it out? Like uh, the 3G tower is getting shut off, and you're watching 5G take off. You're like, ah, yep. damn. Yep. That's exactly. that's where we're at. 
Uh, our boy, B Griff 89. Do you think Campana's performance gives Phil the added push to permanently bench Gonzalo again? I would, but Phil's comments seem to suggest otherwise. I think it's kind of, it'd be a bad move to move away from Campana at this point. I still think Gonzalo could be your 30 minute a game, you know, super sub. Yep, I would agree with that. Uh, I do believe that he's on a very short leash, though, and I think one more outburst, and he might find himself, quote-unquote, injured uh, for a little bit longer, and the team will move forward. Uh, Don Cafacito asks, how do you think Phil will rotate the squad with a short turnaround between Seattle and Miami FC? Ooh, this is this is tough because we do have some players back at practice. You know, like uh, we do have Gibbs back, we do have Uyoya back, but um, I think it's just going to be proper rotation uh, with subs. I think we'll probably see quite a bit of Emerson, um, Rivaldo, Rodriguez. I'm sticking with Emerson, Rivaldo. Uh, I'm going to die on this hill, but I think we'll probably see him come in and play a bit for the uh, the Open Cup. I just think it's about proper management. See who gets banged up, what kind of injuries uh, you know occur. We might see some shifts on the back line. Hopefully, uh, you know Gibbs is is back and ready potentially by this week to play Seattle, uh, or if not, you know play on Tuesday. But we can also you know rotate in Noah Allen. Um, we've seen McVeigh show some versatility as well. Uh, Yedlin's already been asked to run all over the place between this and the, the U S men's national team. So, um, you know, I, I, in, I guess just to the previous point we made, we'll probably see Gonzalo in quite a bit of a capacity here as well. I would imagine, you know, we probably see 60, 70 minutes from Campana and 60, 70 minutes from Gonzalo. Now, which game it's in, I don't know. I'd probably rather have Gonzalo in the Miami FC game. But, uh, you know, we'll see just, just what happens, what injuries uh, occur, and where each individual, you know, fitness levels are. I think it's kind of hard to to give an accurate reading on that until uh, we see how the game on Saturday goes. Could you imagine being Phil going up to Gonzalo and be like, hey, you are going to start against – what is essentially a semi-pro team. Yeah. Like, could you, Gonzalo's like, what the fuck? And probably no. still not score. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he won't score. All right, two-part question here from Megabara. What do you think, and be careful, try to keep it family-friendly, what do you think they should call the Derby via Miami FC? I mean, honestly, man, I already said it. Like, the Kilo Classico is pretty, pretty damn, damn funny. Maybe, uh, I don't know, the square grouper Galactico. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, this is, uh, this is some that has to just develop on its on its own. I feel like this is it's strange because like you don't want to be the the, you know, trying to create a rivalry, pick beef with like your little brother. So it'll probably be driven mainly by uh, Miami FC. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe like the 95 South Classico. I feel like everything has to have Classico in it for some reason. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe the, you know, like they do like Thongs Miami, maybe the Asico Classico, the Classico, focus on ass, uh, something like that. I mean, I'm going to go with the Who Are You Classico because I'm still struggling to know who these guys <laughs> are. Right. Okay. The second part from Megabar, and I don't know if you caught this in the Discord, but there is a bet going on. And I want to get your take on the bet, and I want you to tell me who you think is going to come out on top. 
So apparently between Megabara and the traveler, the much uh, mysterious traveler on the Twitter, uh, apparently there's a bet Megabara thinks that Miami FC is going to come out with the win and he is going to get a bottle of rum from Traveler. And if Inter-Miami wins, Traveler is going to get a bottle of rum from Megabara. Who do you think is going to get uh, the bottle of rum and who do you think is going to be the more happy of the two? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, probably Trav winning that one, honestly, because I think given our recent form, I don't see a reason why we should lose to USL team. Uh, again, I'm going to have to go with you too, but you know what? It's the hope that kills you. That's what we're going to just title this entire season's podcast when we do an end of year wrap up. It's the hope that kills you. <laughs> Finally, and you knew that there was going to be one question from our boy. Nuka-Cola vendor and B-Griff both asked, what's it going to take for them to do a Scouse takeover episode? Uh, I have to die and put, be put in a grave somewhere. Far less than some Scouser take. No, but in all seriousness, hey, coming soon, I'm shooting. Unfortunately, the math doesn't work out evenly, but I want to do quarterly um you know, community events. So stay tuned. Uh, join our Discord, if not on our Discord, probably do a Discord voice chat or maybe some massive Skype or Zoom. There will be uh, some episodes where the majority of the talking is done by the listeners and by the fans. I mean, that's the way to do it. I honestly wouldn't want those two to... to, to tarnish the reputation of this beautiful blue and red uh, podcast we have going on here by bringing their, you know, plastic trophies over here. But no jokes aside, <laughs> you know, we, we welcome all we, you know, we love each and every one of you take time that listen to what we have to say, especially in the lowest of lows. If you've been listening the past few weeks, you guys are the real MVPs. You guys are what makes this, an amazing thing to do you know we could just sit here and talk over the phone talk via text about this team but uh you know if you want to follow us get on twitter at inter mia podcast instagram at inter miami podcast and be sure to check out our boy pistol grip poet johnny alpha killing it for the graphics for this podcast yeah i sorry i i want to apologize i I maybe hit that uh that outro button uh, a little too soon but yeah johnny alpha is now an official member of the inner miami podcast he'll be coming on the show in the very new future very near future and will be continuing to assist us with anything graphic or design related as always as we end every episode vamos miami vamos miami